Enter as requited and yet and for, it shall be, cased in casings. Vestibules will carry this message from the ATM tubing through to a system we needed ever build again, for it is simple and just and is and always is. Dot. From the bones and vessels of love with hearth this is still in moving about and about the Isle of Man this city by the Bay or San Francisco. In excess, of all places to be, world and wide-eyed, this is Aqua Q. nothing. Yeah, interesting, interesting. You hear what you just said? Here goes nothing. This is Radio QRZX Station 1. Radio QRZX Station 1. QRZX Station 1. Station 1. Station one, station one.
I had Tron almost ready when Dillinger cut everyone with Group 7 access out of the system. I tell you, ever since he got that master control program, the system's got more bugs than a base. That was the slight offshoot of Radio 11, with your host AquaQ, and coming up next the Sfinery of an Afternoon, a slight bit of weather and traffic and perhaps some light news and we hope you will join us this Monday at 5pm on MutinyRadio.fm for the reprisal of Radio 11 now and again forever we find the bits leading to the book called .earth.text, the very legend and non-ending forward towards the epilogue of a wizard's pocket, and to be printed by a weather station under the Amazonian rainforests, if that is your preference. As in the referral of referential ascent entry like the HTTP metacode which brings you to a WRE.FM and as well for the 24-hour broadcast of Moron and About Justin Fine Living, now this.
Jackson joint, with the Jastelubes of said and said naught, coupled lightly and slightly left of the Thames, we bring your lights up at your naught discourse, coursed up, coarse, as in the sea, and salted, to cry baby one fiddle made down the line and forward and up, perfection is only continuity in a time not observed, and so look slight and gently away and just forward, this is the very mappy curboxy, slightly offset offshoot, combinatory non-sediment, shift a bit, naught, to the E, F and 7, backwards, towards for and ordered up gentle might, as in just, again, and full stop this is QRZX station 1, for 2 Eula, and the life ever and ever after, this is aqua Q and re-ediment of texts, here now. irony, literally in quiet, and quiet, at night when the magnetics turn upward and the plants see it. I forgot when they come alive, most and mostly quiet too, and perhaps the chatter maddens them, thought likely it does not, as they are focused downward in these moments, looking at the new life to make from the soil, as are all the plants and other vegetation on the ground. And the early worm, yet to come, gets eaten was a joke my friend said, and that is a pretty instantaneous return to earth for that little creature to work for us again, and it does not a. And so we're so close to earth in these moments and that is what is needed most and the earth known as and the irony is in fact the iron at our core, so dense that nothing can pass through it and so think to make it doubly so, and yet it's so heated that it moves, and moves with us, and we, perhaps thus move it, so to encourage others to move. And movement is our living in the planet's living, and so as an entity we are the antenna for it, perhaps to just float around and let the other planets know that it's alright for the time, being and being as it is is perhaps an envy of other planets, though likely not as we don't yet have an onomatopoeia for planetary systems, and just how oddly they would talk if they could, as we do, and they must have a lot on their minds. And they may be sad to note that we won't make their surface as alive as we can be, or perhaps we go there already, as systems of push and pull combined with the all of us to notice them, and light travels well as it does, light and dairy. In particular particles of non-particulates, as in Jeezy's easy KT. The radio chimed in. Hugh dialed in a setting and placed it on the table. Ari appears across and they unlisten for another blip and another. While we're waiting, Q, tell me more about the planet again? You know, the other one. Q fiddled as he never does with his pocket and looked at the horizon for a gentle bit. The story continues. After a pause, of which is the interrupt of ourselves to each other for each other or to rectify the current which is now and ironic and then gluonic microtonic just gluconic and all the chemicals which interrupt electrics, the nowity is transformed stepped down, and directed, as in DC, and currently, those lines are drawn on our earth as person to person, all the while the ionic alternating twist of ground plus the other two unfalter as we are still switching from day to night and night to day all the time, from each side of our planet, and as global globules, our types of types are typed and typecast into characters and then words and sentences to sentences, taped up and played as a loop loped and seen on this light table and photographed, developed. It a wonder, it's in color, like we dream in full motion without framing, or just to the left or right, 
dead centered is ne'er a place to be, only to appear to walk as we take in sidelines as our direction. And it's calm, this time life and the other, but mostly life, thankful for that, for which the evidence that is the other is not well for the any, or any matters or facts about it, it's an on-hold bummer, and just thinking about it, for our planet, hence ourselves, is a power suck of the kind to atrophy synapses clogged and not cleared for lack of love, or the temporary displacement of such a creature, as known sometimes for some and always for very even and few though it would and should be all the time, if just, and just a bit more and more, to realize that's all we really are to the planet, how else would it know, us? A postulation of complete and fully totality of love at every non-measured second, which aren't really seconds as it's a continuity of a loop of time, and that time and those times and these times are all the time, and all this time, and time is all of everything, and so. The gaps between these times and those times are the spacings in our brain's memory, as an animal of itself, feeding on patterns and making little nests to visit, and who does the brain visit beside ourselves all the time? To escape a brain leaves a mass of atoms to be held or used or abused by another, and this brings us to psychoactive medication, as not understood by science whatsoever, and thrown into bags and into people's heads so as to appear to function in a normality which does not exist, and never existed except the shared belief that is might, and those thoughts carry on, and to be the same all the time throughout time is normal? What is stunned? and stunted in the actual living going on his hands so protected and so secretive for fear of these patients, though patiently treated and treatable to participate, and with likely, well we provide sometimes without true love, and we do so for the fact that we love, and to provide what is desired, and some people desire to be normal, or desire to be around people who seem to be, that we create that, through chemistry at times when we cannot buy our own chemistry, which should be the natural kind and kind. If there was any a medication which has trodden our supply of chemicals it is those that maintain the presence in water, mucking up even in odd electrics when it should barely pass through a distilled or purity of such a combined gassed set of particles, as friends. Water is our first friend, after the electrics of course, and water is so good a friend, that wherever it travels it maintains a body, as it maintains our body, and bodies of, multiplied, and the electrics are for our brains and our hearts, which do not contain water, and the heart is our blood and the brain are our very slight and unsighted boxes of chemicals, in a shop tinker and drive ourselves around as desire, and what is that desire besides and alongside the desire of others, and our planet, again and again and again, the same message, love and be alive, although it's much simpler than that even and not odd at all, that is the flip side, the return, when you give back, to ground, and that is our cycle. Precipitously, the water too, cycles, and the skies try and clean our muckery and divide out our messes into minerals, which are then rock, make their own lattices and settle down, and run through the stream beds for the fish to turn all sorts of iridescent colors. Perhaps so they can get laid and perhaps it's so they can be seen by a bear and eaten, fruitfully. And so we're in cities now, which is good, though the ground which helps us travel fast near lets us travel with full effect of our purpose, with a bit of waste and more and more of that as we put the earth on hold, like a cell call that we're barely listening to as we drive to a place we believe will make us happy, or make us a collection of papers and things to make us happy, and they do, and they make us. And it's not by choice, although choice brings us to it, 
at least once, and once was all that was required for the particular loop of tape to start. And we're still in in this night, and many things could be said about the air, and our conditioned conditioners, and how the water hangs about, or perhaps the fog which sometimes rolls in by the bays who allow themselves to populate with the people who desire such a climate. And it is people, through dreamery, at least somewhere, no, that create our weather and here in San Francisco we're known for it, in pictures and pictured, and thought carries us so far. That very truly a visitor who expects fog will get it for that morning they expect it so purely and honestly. We know that is the time, perhaps he should be a weatherman for that instant. Unpaid and absolute, but who would believe him and who would we call and how would that change the weather? Perhaps it's good that those paid never get it right. And Q grinned a bit at Arya. Yes this was coming from the radio. And they just listened for the bits which rolled to a meter, and the tonality of the voice and the tap-tap, in key keyed and not too keyed up to deliver a purity, as in our sans and just why did we think that? Sans. To know it must be thinking of something else. Q tapped the boxy metal and it carried on. A consciousness, known in vocality is our place to keep a voice which is true by either its gently honesty or its voice so pure and truthful that it cannot be heard or only as an idea, a continuous idea which to say it so is too complex, but honestly it's the truth which moves each electron and in our synapse makes it fire, because that is its choice, option key as it were, the one you have to know about to tap it out on a keyboard, with shortcuts to get you there on demand and faster than anybody else because you know and it provides a continuity to keep and love in continuity, and ever and onward, etc. Dot. 44 lines this time about, and that's half the other in twice the space, as spread and out and about it all the time that this is that and the other are continued in continuations. Coded justly and while to say it is time, is always an evident, it may be quite well to know that a time to cease is never mostly ever a time to stop any form of truth, and as known truth doesn't speak, nor make silly contractions to save time, or perhaps it does like that shortcut, shorthand long idea, tap tap machinery in room where what is said is absolute truth, and how else to record it but to say it in the efforts utilized to type up these messages, is and should be by a trained professional who would never work in an environment of untruth, as she or he may falter at the keys, and that would be known. Perhaps a special drop in the letter L again, so deft and non-obvious that you need to look at the printed paper to see the discrepancy and pauses in the actual ink on the paper, where truth was misspoken and interrupted a cycle of electricity, as it was carried around and loosened like a string temporarily forgotten. It's time to vote soon, and as we should and be participants all the time, though those set aside in buildings to shield their hearts from us, or perhaps they need their hearts to work for each other to make things a better place, and to know is ours and theirs and they are us. And wouldn't it be nice? Well and well politics is a funny beast in this day and every day and age and our news is certain knows it is in itself and now even embocked and injected simultaneously and when we look from our past and present we may report in our usual fashion knows to provide all sides, and that has very likely skewed the news from even the B.F. Skinner Day's approach, as advertised. They may say in small print with large images and a characteristically fake able timbre of inflection, an eye contact into a machinery that was designed for looks, and to be looked at, direct and directly although it comes in airwaves and not direct as person to person current and currently, current, 
And they're on the other side of town? Dot. It's a funny time, to be a planet, again and again we may now say to it as discoverable. And making the best out of it is what we do, and do, well, well. And a falter, like the stenograph is noticed in ink on sidewalks, and on walls and buses and although cleared, is visible under each layer where it has been seen before, and even painted on with our minds and animated, as in that puddle again with a trapped avatar, or was she just, that she was seen in a light which warbled to a whim of anther she was trying to help, and luckily a coat was not thrown into the reflection to walk across. Dot. And, as with truth, like the random number collector from a computer system, the content which is driven off its generator is weighable, and by the creator whose mind may tire of a particular topic, or perhaps it is the listener who tires, or cares as much as the author gives to each present and presently electrically observable atomic lattice of creaturity. This has been aquacu from the labs of Isle of Man and a continuation of continuity, as it were, and brought to you by the letter L, in a timely piece of time piece piecery of the kind that lays down, chips. The list goes on in this derimy punchy bit at the end is just the next bit's beginning. Well, it's 111, menu table minutes of past tense little side alley in the unspoken tangent which was a clubby club frequented with a pair of headphones in a mass in separation and a perception of separation until interrupted noisy silence, and the visual is slightly painful in these moments to hold and tap about, and that is how we cease for a brief fired second. And time as materials, here we go. Perhaps the editor would be, now and in kind. Aqua QC3W Authoring the id of the said of the inclined reclined and attention grabbing of the nessus of non-reason, for what is it, now and in a bit before and forward hence. The transfer of said materials between sky and ground, well and well as in the cylindrical whole of non-holy, or perhaps just, is the ground up from what is seen from left to center, and not from a bit more right and about of a need to a want and the excess in proceeding processional. It was that kind and day, this the Monday marker of the just past a missed lunch or perhaps it was a well one. The robot spoke. Was as fun as in the ones meant for iPhone holiday parties, in a factory of cheese not meant for kind and gentle rats drawn up from a notebook? It was and is and more and forward, as in to send a long, and long wished up, and write again. The fiction of levity is only the beginning of a sedentary of the bobble hotter not bondle frond and we are in about that all the time, if you know. Action to fervor is just our heavenly ways and saying, it's just a bit of now and remembered for a bit more of later, and so, full stop. The preparations of infrastructure are well and about this way, although not as too automated to a wished standing point of salted reason for slow and just moving, it is. Well, what is it? And will it be maintained or remembered or remembered again, for myself and others to see plainly and utilize in the forever point of time and framing, and will it be understood? Thoughts brief to a point that exercise should produce the threading of the what led in serial to what would be next if it were so, and so. Those writing this down may also be in a past catch-up caught singleton of thinking motive reasoning to slow and steady a hand for the understated, and we do. 
the weather should be a bit still, but righteous and settling in mid-space head space, the where and about as in the actual and not the dimly stated nor vector drawn to accelerate beyond a meat pie means of newy sauciness. Not all it means the squared times of non-failure age. So what are we actually on and about this fair on the earth of the today eddy, and I mean that towards the stuffery of animal crackers, like those that were the vanilla wafers before the chomp. The future, transactionally balanced is where the equal signs are not to bother, towards the continuation of that function and those function which non-derive and drive a graphing calculator with stucky tape, magnetic and visualized in the line alignment of metallic particles, still and so and in motion too. It's what we write save quit, and at just 22 lines of mod botter code. The punch-up is the lead foot in a racy car carted folded neatly into our universe and electrically, stable but not gated as in a square wave, nor sent to the racetrack. We find. Do we? Oh yes. We do. And so to brief and debrief is to pause a played up button, for the attention to be settled, to mint and that is all for now. A light deseration today. To re-speak is all and about this and only, the lightly tender dial of the in and about man, and its accompanying garanating, this is Aqua Q. And now we continue the Nesses of Nonlo towards for and about action, your station, not stationary, yet written, do consider a donation, in time and just, to the comedic plight of our preceding listener, the laugh out loud is both painless and the opposite, if one drifts slightly into a mood of another without causal reasoning, so a cash settlement may settle a stomach towards the in and about, and that is head ready too, and we find. Don't we hear now, the continuation of Mutiny Radio, and the carry-on and about of self-non-profess, professor, as in the exorbinomial, pasco-driven non-slighted box of ooziness. This has been Radio 11, and your host, Aqua Q.
God, I love that theme song. <laughs> Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thank you very much for having me back on your show. Dude, it's our show. You wrote the theme song. You researched the movie we're going to watch in real time in its entirety. Um, what else did you do? I don't know, but I all did it all in the service of your show. Which we are very excited. Our show is kicked off. We are here on mutinyradio.fm. We're here every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube in its entirety. We want you to watch the movie. Let us watch the movie together. And we also want you to listen to our podcast at the same time. Isn't that amazing? We're also a podcast, Carl, by our acronym LWAFLM. OYT, let's watch a full night movie on YouTube. We also have a terrific YouTube channel where Carl, again, one of the many hats you wear, you compress it. You take the audio and the video and you make it into one thing. And YouTube's only busted us once so far. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> we also want you to support Mutiny Radio. Go to mutinyradio.fm. Check out the other shows. If you listen today, before us was just Luke Sayer. Who's just Luke? What's really happening? A terrific show. Uh, and there's other great shows, and there's live comedy Fridays and Mondays. So go to the website, learn about how to be an audience member, learn how to perform, learn how to listen, and subscribe. Uh, but we want you to subscribe to our podcast as well. Carl, what is the movie we're watching this week? We will watch this week Drive-In Massacre. It's Drive-In Massacre, 1976. Mm -hmm. So you're yeah. not literally driving into a massacre. The massacre occurred <laughs> at a drive-in. Yeah, that's right. You're not like you're not driving into the Valentine's Day massacre. Well, those poor 70, 90 year olds that drive into like the promenade. Right. It's, yeah. it's a drive in, and there still is one of those in New Jersey, by the way. Michael, well, it must be really popular during COVID, right? Like everyone must have gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were comedy shows there, and and instead of uh, laughing, they honked seriously. Uh huh. Oh, did you do crowd? You did crowd work. You're like, hey, blue car, why are you hanging out with big car? You know what I'm saying? Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. What the hell kind of dent is that? <laughs> um, okay, Drive-In Massacre, 1976. Now, the channel we like is Film and Clips. It's ampersand for the and sign. Okay. Film and Clips, no space, but you must choose the 16,000 views. Okay. So 11,000 is... has ads. So, again, we are going to clips and dicks. Films and clips. Now, Films look, and clips. The first one that comes up, the first channel was Orlin, Orlando Eastwood Films. Stay away from it because it's We love Orlando. Movement. We love Eastman Films, but <laughs> stay away from it. Go ahead. Find the version with 16,000 views. It's right. ad-free. Click the link. Hit pause. Move the timer to the left. We're going to give you a couple minutes before the movie starts because we're really excited to have a celebrity comedian do our celebrity community countdown to kick off the movie. So Carl has recorded this. I haven't heard it, but I can't wait to. It's going to be very excited. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Vicki Plummer. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you so much for having me, Carl. Now, Vicki, you and I have been knowing each other out there, not just on the open mic scene, but on serious shows. You're booked at Scotty's all the time on these like late night with Anthony Quinn's and you participate in the comedy uh, competitions. So I just wanted to understand, like, how long have you been doing comedy? 
I have a really interesting um, uh, comedy career because it's it started when I was young. I did stand up from 2000 to 2007 uh -huh. um, in New York. My background is actually I have a degree in, in musical theater. I toured with a couple of different theater companies. But when I was 10, I told my parents I wanted to be a stand up comic. And um, I'm sure they were like, great. <laughs> um, and so I went to school for musical theater because, you know, I grew up in New Hampshire. There wasn't a, you know, here, go here to become a stand-up comic. You know? Right. So um, when I moved to New York City after I got off my last tour, that was um, 1999. And I happened to be looking through Backstage, which used to be a newspaper, but now it's all on on. I remember. And I was looking through and I saw this ad for New York Comedy Club and it was a comedy class. And I was like, oh, my God, what? So I took my first um, comedy class back then and I loved it. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was hooked. And so I started doing stand up then. And the last thing I did, it was between me and one other comic to be the warm up comic for um, Emerald Live on Food Network. Mm hmm. Very it was so much fun. It, the callback was to do the live show. And Emma was super sweet and really nice and introduced me to the crowd as his new warm-up comic. And I could see the producer running behind the crowd, which I knew she was going to come over and be like, he doesn't make the decision, which is exactly what she said. <laughs> and because I knew there was another person that was going to do the same thing I was going to do the next day. Mm -hmm. So then she called me and said I didn't get the job. And so I said to her, um, can you give me some, some helpful feedback, you know, why, you know, why I didn't get the job to help me in the future. And she didn't have any advice for me. And I was like, what? And I found out a couple of days later that the, the guy that got the job was the friend of the current warm-up comic. And I was oh, like, man. oh, okay. Yeah. But his show got canceled two weeks later. And I was like, oh, so it wasn't meant to be. And so <laughs> I decided I was just going to take a little break because I, I had gotten this job working at Broadway.com. I had already had it. I had been working there for, let's see, four years at that point. But we had gotten bought by Broadway.com. So it was now like a big corporate job. And okay. So I had to learn like how to work in a big corporate company. And so I was like, well, let me just take a couple of months away from comedy because I was kind of burnt out anyway and you know I was working nine to five instead of not having my time free you know and then doing comedy at night and I was like let me just take a little break it turned into a 12-year break <laughs> instead of a few months yeah so yeah and so I came back in January of 2019 and during I'm that time four months yeah, it was a very long time. Um, but during that time, I had so many life experiences. Uh, like, I beat cancer during that time. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I had I took care of my mom for about four months when she was really sick. She came and lived with me in my tiny basement apartment in Astoria. Mm. And we had, like, she had surgery, and we had, like, nurses coming every day, and it was really fun though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like change that experience. You know, we saved her life and it was worth it. Yeah. And you know, like things like that happened. So every time I wanted to go back, there was some major thing that was going on. I had an infected gallbladder and almost died. And, and that, I, 
that was the thing that I was like, okay, I really want to go back. But I felt like I have this great job. I have a 401k. I have health insurance. But I wasn't happy. You know what I mean? I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do. And so finally, I just was like, it's now or never. You just have to do it. And so I just was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to try it again. And I felt weird, but at the same time, I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. And so I went back in January of 2019 and um, it was weird because there were still comics that I knew and still like really clubs that I knew, but not like they were, they were, um, some were teaching some um, tons that had left, you know, but some were like, like Paul Verzi, he, you know, he had a TV special. Paul Verzi and I used to hit the clubs all the time and we had won a contest together and here he was like on a TV special, you know, so Michelle Buteau, she is on TV all the time. Tom Papa used to be our headliner. Um, Jim Gaffigan, he used to headline for us before he was Jim Gaffigan, you know, it was so crazy to see how things were different. New club owners, Club clubs weren't there anymore. Like so, I had to start all over from the bottom, and um, and it was fine, you know, because you don't lose how to do stand up. You just have to learn all the people and all the clubs and how they're doing things. And I re I didn't use any of my old material. I rewrote, did new stuff because I was a different person. Now, that was two and a half years ago, and you've really moved up fast. I mean, you're booked all the time. I mean, you must have leveraged something from you. I mean, how did you, I know you're very good with, like, the politics and being the, um, the person to book, but but can you tell me, like, 2019 uh, and, and a pandemic in the middle that slowed you down, how did you move up so fast? How do you get booked all the time so much? It's so funny because I don't feel like I am at all. Uh, (laughs) Really? No, I don't. Like, I don't, I, this winter, I I haven't been feeling well at all. Like, I have a bunch of autoimmune diseases. And when they take my thyroid out from the cancer, like, that Mm -hmm. really, that messes up your body. And uh, there's, I have another autoimmune disease that they've yet to figure out what it is. They thought I had lupus. And so something something's going on so like i pulled way back when the omicron or however you pronounce it yeah and so i feel like i'm not doing nearly as many shows as i would like to do you know Um, well you love these comedy festivals right i mean it seems like you have no problem to travel from for comedy right you're going down to what was it south carolina and such yeah so Mm-hmm. To answer your question, I didn't really answer your question. I kind of was like, I just haven't been feeling that great. Um, to answer your question, uh, when, actually, the pandemic helped me, which sounds crazy. Yes. Um, so I lost my day job, and I lost comedy within a span of 48 hours. Mm. And plus, I lived by myself, um, and my family doesn't live here. My family is up in New England. So right. I I felt so like, shoot, what do I do now? You know, <laughs> like I felt like I didn't have a purpose and comedy was shut down and nobody knew what to do. 
And so for the first like month, I literally was like, uh, what am I going to do? Um, and then a few of my friends were like, we're doing comedy on Zoom. And I was like, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. I'm not going to do that. But then I got accepted to the Burbank Comedy Festival. California. And I was like, how are they going to do this? And so they sent an email and they said, we're going to do this virtually. We're going to do it on Zoom. And I was like, what? And, but I had nothing else happening. So I was like, well, I better start going to some Zoom open mics and figure out how to do comedy on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So once I started doing that and realized that there were comedians from around the world, I was like, well, this is kind of fun. I'm in my living room and I'm meeting people that I never would have met ever yeah. here. And so I met comedians from all over the world and made friends with so many people that when things started to open up again um, and that I actually was going to festivals and stuff, I booked shows in addition to the festivals from meeting people on Zoom because they had seen me perform. Right. And they were like, oh, yeah, come do my show in L.A. Come do this. Come do that. I was like, okay. And so that was actually really, really great to do that and, and meet people that way. And so then when you would meet them in person, it was so cool because you saw them in a little box on the screen and you knew what their comedy was like. And then for maybe five seconds, it was odd because you were just like, oh, hi, you know, but then, then it was fine. You know, then it was fine. So that was actually really a good thing. Um, and then as far as like being able to go to festivals and stuff, I have a remote job now. So it's easy for me. I just tell my full-time day job people, I'm going to be going to this festival and I work from the hotel room during the day. Perfect. And so it's easy for me. If I didn't have that job, hell, I wouldn't, it would not be, it would be so hard, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. but that's so how I'm able to do it. You staying home and doing Zoom led to you knowing enough people to travel and such. And it seems like you have the right kind of job uh, to support that. You can, sure, you can do it in your hotel just like you can do it in your living room. So that sounds great. Yeah, but I was unemployed for an entire year. That does not sound great. <laughs> which really sucked. And so, but that, again, gave me time to find a job that I said, you know, I, every night I would pray and go, all right, I need to get a job that's going to help me and be flexible enough to be able to pursue my career in comedy so mm -hmm. that I can do what I need to do and not be tied to a certain place. And wow. so it took a year to find it, you know, but, and you know, what's really funny. I got this job because I met a comedian when I did, um, the Plano Comedy Festival Texas. And in Texas, and she reached out to me because I posted something on Facebook. <laughs> I, I think I was like, I think I had a month left of my insurance before it ran out, and I can't oh. not have insurance. I have like prescriptions that I'm going to be on the rest of my life, and understood. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I think I posted something that was like a vision of like I will get a full-time job within the next month that will have health insurance and will have all the benefits and it will be remote and it will work with my comedy I was like I'm just putting this in the universe <laughs> and she saw that post and she sent me um a text and she was like hey my company 
is looking for people. And they used to be that you have to go to the office all the time. But during the pandemic, they realized now they can hire anybody. So here's the email. And I got the job and I couldn't believe it. So, yeah. Really terrific. So things weren't working out and then things were great working out. That's terrific. So listen, Vicki, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? How can people uh, look you up and be a fan or look you up and book you? Um, right now I'm on Instagram and it's under Vicki Plummer Comedian. And my name is V-I-C-K-I-E. And my last name's Plummer, P-L-U-M-M-E-R. Um, and so that's where I do a lot of my Instagram. Stuff. Yeah, Instagram. I'm on Facebook as well, and it's just Vicky Plummer. I did have a website for a little while, but with the pandemic and not having a job, I was like, well, let me just shut that down because we yeah. weren't being booked, you know? <laughs> so I'm going to get that back up and going for a little while. You know, once once I get things up, I'll get that up. Okay, so let me just reinforce your last name because, ev- uh, you know, everyone wants to uh, think of you as the blue-collar worker. You're not <laughs> a plumber. You are P-L-U-M-M-E-R. P-L-U-M-M-E-R. And it's right. with I-E. Okay. Yeah, it's like Christopher Plummer from... Yeah, uh, yeah. But I'm no relation. <laughs> okay, now, Vicky. Everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us. And so everybody needs to press play at the exact same time as we do right here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Vicky, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. So we're going to go three, two, one, play. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for the Celebrity Comedian Countdown on August 10th in the California Drive-In, and it all began. That's a classic way to start a movie. By the way, uh, is there a town in California? Yeah, this was filmed in L.A. area, and, okay. The Valley. Yeah, it's Simi Valley. Uh, they filmed in Hollywood, too. The interior shots of the cars were in a studio. Uh, oh, that's good. Simi Drive-In. At uh, Tierra Rajada Road in Simi Valley, California. Now, I went on MapQuest. I was going to just ask you. And I did satellite view. Maybe it was Google Maps. It's gone. It's demolished. There's nothing there. Was Uh, it a Target? Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley, Los Angeles. It's time for a massacre. My buddy directed a movie. Oh, way to save money on titles. Simi Valley, see? Yeah. Simi used to be that. Ooh, Veronica Flowers. Yes, now that's Buck Flowers' daughter, and she's in the film. Usually you say, like, uh, I'm I'm sorry, this music's giving me what we call classically a migraine. Usually (laughs) the introducing means it's her first film. Uh, along with more established people. In this well, case, Tiffany Jones and Patricia James and Marty Gatsby are like, <clears throat> just say we're a bunch of unknowns, plus a bunch of unknowns that may be the first time. <laughs> Basically, uh, it's Verkina, Verkina Flower. Basically, she was Verkina. supporting her father. All of her credits are all like supporting her father we watched a movie called aladdin with bud the great bud spencer and right. his daughter 
was the love the teenage boy's love interest. Do you remember that? Right. And yeah. the son was the son of the director. Ooh, the Duke of Disguise did the makeup. Now, this guy is a real asshole. His name is Austin in the movie. Okay. And, and he's just such a jerk. He's saying stuff now like, you again? Or, you know, he's like, oh, right. Oh, so the up. You were an usher. You did the same. You're like, oh. That's right. He'd take a 20 and he'd go, nothing less than a 20. Fine. And he would, you know, he goes, well, just give me the money, pal, okay? Just give me the money. He's rocking that beard that starts you no know, like he's bold and he has a beard so the beard stops like yes yeah. let the me events just say the that in 1976 a white man being bald was very rare it was not like after what are you talking NBA about kojak one. that was the kojak error the that's 70s why, equals kojak that's why it was a big funny thing of kojak that was part of his Stick oh. was that he was bald, and that oh. and the lollipops, you know, right, and a lot of other stuff. Oh, so Buck also wrote this. Yes, Buck co-wrote it with John Goff, who plays one of the police. De uh, see, it says Stu Seagal. Yeah, he rarely used his name. He always used a nom de plume, Je uh, Godfrey Daniels. So um, he's not. He's not married to Katie Seagal. No, he's not. Uh, he is Stu. Um, which doesn't address your question, but I'm just saying that this was a non-SAG film. This was a non-union film, and so therefore, many people use pseudonames, and he used his real name so he wouldn't get fined by SAG. Interesting. Oh, look, there's the playground at yeah. the drive-in. Can we just say how depressing that is? That was a staple of drive-ins. Well, because you would bring your kid to the drive-in, right. or your, your parents you say, would bring no, you. No play. You would. Right. Hey, mom and dad are going to stink up the car. Why don't you go play you in the playground? You see this shot? Yeah. You, you'll see this like five times. He, he's got the signal. Him having a smoke and then going in. Right. Oh, now here's – hey, this is just like us in the audience. You got to give it up for movies that show audience members watching a movie, right? I mean, that's us on the screen. Well, this is a very nice thing. This is Alan and Alan's date. Okay, that's mm. her credit, Alan's date. Now, Alan's date is a scream queen. She was very uh, prominent in, um, let me just find it. Here it is. Born in 1951. She's a squ squ Janice Blythe. A screen queen known for her roles in horror films. And she was in Wes Craven's um and and Toby Hooper. Yeah. But there was this one Wes Craven film, and she the actress had to be fast, so she raced all the other uh auditioning actresses in one, and that's how she got the part. I wonder if it's last house on the left that she's in. By the way, this guy looks like a young Tim Kazarinsky. I mean, with the glasses. I guess he's a Charles Grodin right now. This guy is only in one other movie ever called The Salvation of Mankind from Unnatural Temptation. His name's Myron what? Griffin. It was a movie called what? The, the Unnatural Mankind from Unnatural Temptation. Sorry, Kurt Cameron uh, Uterus. The kid in, in the Utero. God, that sounds like a terrible movie.
So this is a kind of nice thing. She's saying like they're they're happy that they're going to move into their own apartment next week and be in their own bed. I guess they're living at their mom's or something. And then she says, and I'm going to get a job. And he goes, why? We have enough money for the two of us. And she goes, oh, how about three of us? <laughs> I want a baby. So, oh, so she's she not said, pregnant when this is happening. She said, let's make the baby right now. Right oh, here. Oh, shit. Island. Yeah. Chopped. Come well, on. She doesn't know that he's been beheaded. Right, <laughs> as as one does. Now she's gonna do her scream, Queen. Oh, God, hang on, hang. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's stabbed in the throat. Now these are swords. There's the massacre is with a sword. Yes. Now There's why was the door sword. open? Oh, you don't... Yeah, why is she wearing a seatbelt at the drive-in? Now, look, she just spit out the blood, and it's going in her nostril, and she's I know. a great actress to just hang there. Ooh, couple. Look at that. It's, they cut the headline. They, cut, they, they did not. He had a newspaper where they cut the heading out, so you don't see the mess head. You don't know right. the name of the newspaper. What a cop out! Can't they just go over to the local seventies t-shirt press? And- yeah, they just spent. They had thirty thousand dollars to spend on this film. They spent thirty thousand dollars. You could see it. Every penny. Could have made a fake newspaper. Yeah, it's the seventies. You go to those custom t-shirt places that make custom t-shirts, and you say, "Can you make a novelty newspaper?" Yeah, that's the key. Next door. You want Wild West photo? No, no, no. You want the headline to read "Wanted"? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. So now we have a body count of two. These are the cops assigned to the uh, drive-in massacre. Technically, and cop- one and nine-tenths, because the guy's head, he was decapitated. Right, right. right. Now, yeah, no, but the body count, it's, st- you know, the, it's still, you, the, it, when they bury the body, they will bury the head with it, right? I mean. Right. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I, I would. I would. I would have bought an open casket. Actually, you know what? I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't put in your will or my last wishes. It's so funny I got beheaded. I want an open casket. Because you don't know. You don't know. Well, I'm going to go ahead and update my will. And put a little asterisk. <laughs> asterisk. If beheaded, close casket. <laughs> Now, the cops are going to go down and talk to the manager, Austin Johnson. And he already talked ah. to him on the phone. He goes, you're going to love this guy. He's a perfect asshole. And love that it. is what he is throughout the whole film. What about this puddle splasher? That is Jeremy. Yes, like germs. That is Jeremy. Jeremy. And we'll meet him very soon. Oh, he has a Chico hat. Yes. Topo Pio. Not Chico and the man, but Chico from the Yeah, right. Chico and the Marx brothers. (laughs) Look at these suits like I want his jackets. Well, it is 1976. Look how wide their ties are, and everybody is still wearing a jacket. Ooh, orange whip. Orange whip. (laughs) 70s pinball. 70s gotchas. Dr. Let's see see what the, the prices are. 25 fucking cents for milk. Fries are 35. 30. Well, 80 cents for barbecue. 85 cents? I know that's like half the amount of a barbecue. Let's see. Uh, Seaburger? Seaburger. 80 cents. Barbecue fries, 80 cents. This ice cream's 50 cents. This is great. 
So donut is thirty five cents, but a cheeseburger is eighty cents. So I could get two donuts for a burger. <laughs> a sea burger. At these prices, I will take my date to the drive-in. You know, sea burger is not short for cheeseburger. It isn't. No, it's cut burger. Cut burger, cow burger. Cut burger. You should turn up the audio because he's being a total asshole, just complaining. Oh, that's Jeremy right now. Yeah, that's Jeremy. Some of this runs off to Hawaii, leaves me in charge. Then he paid me half a little wage. Brings my ass, So you're around the theater quite a bit. Yeah, I work here. Yeah. Uh, what a stupid thing to ask. This script was written in one week. This really? not in four days. Kudos. I got our fake blood. Do we have? All right, we're ready to shoot. Fake blood coming. What is this? Mustard? Well, They're out of Not ketchup. red enough. It needs to be unnaturally red. Gotcha. We're at a drive-in, we can find ketchup. Listen, is this nasal-friendly uh, blood because it's getting dripping into our nose? <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Um, what they're talking about is a guy named Van Hoosen, Van Hoosen, who's moved to Hawaii, and he's pissed about that, used to have a carnival here. And he and Jeremy were like carnies. Um, uh, yeah, and he's complaining. He works his ass off. The, these wang bangers are ripping me off. And he goes, he's like, did you see? He goes, they're just teenagers. And he goes, yes, but did you get a good look at them? And he goes, it's all one big zit with long hair. <laughs> oh, good for him. He said zit. Ooh, what restraint. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, uh, he's all right. He looks... Yeah. He looks like every uh, Superman villain from the 1970s, right? <laughs> Listen, well, like there's a guy named Smiley something. He was like a new age guru and he was, he would have these seminars and like he would tussle with uh Smiley. Smiley. I think so. I gotta, I gotta remember, but it's like classic seventies, like DC comics. Oh, oh, I thought you meant a personality in real life, like a Reverend Sun Young Moon. No, it was, it was a like, Superman villain. You remember, like, Lex Luthor at one point had hair and was dating Supergirl? Like, they did some weird shit in the 70s, but they would always dress with the uh, his outfit, the turtleneck with the right, the and blazer. The, the blazer. Mr. McZixklaplix or something weird. Yeah, right. But there would always be these 70s guys. Like, because it always. Like, yeah. And Jeremy. Well, kids love to go down the slide and then make a phone call. He goes, uh, you want to talk to that halfwit over there? You want to <laughs> talk to, he goes, you want to talk to that piece of puke? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's a comic relief in this movie. Yeah. Now his name is not Jeremy because my brother was Jeremy and mm -hmm. is Jeremy. And we used to tease him calling him Jeremy, you know, oh. his name is Charlie Garmy. An asshole Austin here calls him Jeremy. Uh, Il Grand Jeremy. There's a Jeremy dance. Remember He's the Jeremy dance? Being a geek in the carnival, he lost all his teeth from biting off snake heads and chicken heads. <laughs> that is one dark alley. Am I right? Did yeah. I say it right? That's a nightmare alley right there. Woo. Oh, I get it. The film. Yeah, he was a carny. You see, he was top of the world, and then he met a, car a geek, and he goes, oh, I don't want to be that. I don't want, at the end of the movie, to wind up in that situation. And then 17 hours later, at the end of the movie, yeah. guess what? Yeah. I didn't see it coming. What a geek. 
You know, it's funny in the original movie, Nightmare Alley, he says, That's what I was meant to be, a geek. And at the end, the girlfriend shows up and takes him away from geekery. Come, this is not the life for you. The end, Hollywood ending. I need to see this film. you don't have to seek it out. This movie okay. will seek you out. Okay. You will be in a position where you'll have two and a half hours, and they'll be like, hey, that, there it is. Yeah, now, of course. this it's guy was only in one other film. It was called CB Alley. No, CB Hustlers in 1976. That sounds fun. I guess fun. that means Citizens Band, you know, the radio. CB but what? I want to see this movie. Hustlers. CB Hustlers. Let me see. 1976. Now, the thing is, everybody... Most of these people were in a million B movies, but everybody who was only in like one or two was in CB Hustlers. So I guess he directed it or something. So according to the internet, we would have to spend two dollars on YouTube to see CB Hustlers, but Amazon Prime has it. Uh huh. Too bad we don't watch a full length movie on Amazon Prime. Oh no, God, our show would suck so bad. <laughs> There's no good movies on Amazon. His name Prime. is Douglas Good. Goodbye. Do you think that's fake? It's G U D B Y E. It's just how it is, man. Some people have cool names. It could be that this guy was in a lot of films and he's one of those pseudonym people, right. you know, so that uh, he didn't get a fine from SAG. Just give you a check and goodbye. Right. Goodbye. Yeah, right. A Douglas goodbye. G U D. So what's going on right now is, again, we're learning more of this backstory about this carnival. And he was a sword swallower. And a sword killed those two people. You think that's how he smuggled it in? He, it was, he had swallowed it. And when it was time to kill, he was Jeremy, Jeremy, I watched it clean the bathroom. <laughs> I can't hear you with that sword up your throat. <laughs> Hey, Jeremy, you got a sword in your, down your throat or you just happy to see me? <laughs> Everything is about the carny. Uh, like he goes, he goes, my friends call me Jeremy. Like insult, you know, being sarcastic because Austin is not his friend. And he goes, do you have oh. any other friends? And he goes, and he, he lists the names of the elephants that were at the carnival. Oh, uh, Nelly, the elephant. Something like that. Um, it was Apache. Patchy Durham. Yeah, Patchy and Franklin. So Operation Dumbo Drop. Yeah, Operation Dumbo Drop. And there there was Larger Than Life with Bill Murray had an yeah, elephant. That's right. He had an elephant. Yeah. That was a good film, I thought. He had um, to bring the elephant from one place to another. And he met some crazy people along the way. And he learned a little bit about himself. Yeah, he was a motivational speaker, right? And um Jeremy Kibble was his Yeah, Piv. His, uh, his agent. Janine, I remember. Janine, was Janine Garofalo in that movie? Or no, no, no. Was she in Quick Time or Quick Change? The one where he was a bank mm-hmm. robber, wore clown makeup. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe. I think I think she was in the Elephant movie. I'm gonna have to check it out. Those well, two are for good. sure she wasn't because my kids used to love that film, and I liked oh. it because it was Bill Murray. And um, my youngest fell in love with Bill Murray. Then I said, if you like Bill Murray, check out Ghostbusters. And then he loved Ghostbusters. <laughs> And that then you're, like, reading articles about him on set. He's a real bastard in real life. Yeah. Son, listen, I also I know found you're out that he's in Piermont, New York, which is very close to me. And if oh. I go to this one bar on a regular basis, I will eventually bump into him. Sure. Swiss, yeah. Or at the golf course. 
So maybe what I should do is go down to that bar and say, I'd like to do an open mic here. That's you know? right. And then and then the people be like, hey, I can't get a drink. The bartender's only serving tequila. And you're like, oh my God, I think that's Bill Murray. He showed up. <laughs> There's a movie and I don't remember it. I think there was two movies like this. You know, he has a history of uh, popping up in weird places. Yeah. Making people drink tequila. So a woman made a documentary in search of Bill Murray where she wanted to have her own Bill Murray moment. Uh -huh. And she interviews people who, you know, Bill Murray showed up to her wedding or Bill Murray this. And then she's like, I want that experience too. So I, I don't know. It's an interesting film. I, I haven't seen it, but I, I, I kind of want to see it eventually. There was that film about finding Drew Barrymore, and then he did in the end. I don't think we would have ever heard oh. of that film if he didn't in the end, right? I know what film. Yeah. That, oh, that's a memory wipe. I forgot about that film. There was this great scene in which the guy is uh, his advising him, and he's like, don't do this film. It's not going to work. You're not going to find her. It's stupid. Nobody's yeah, going right. to watch this. Right. Okay. I well, should just let that. you know that Jeremy let loose that there's this troublemaker, this peeping Tom kind of guy. Uh-huh. Um, really into swords. And he, no, he likes to watch people smooching and, and he jerks off essentially. Now, right, this, and the driving is for you because this is in California and, it, and, and on August, it's <laughs> perfect jerk off weather. <laughs> okay. Um, and also, there was just a lot about Van Heusen and how he taught him about sword swallowing and this. He's got a sword collection. Mm. It's very hard for me to watch a 70s movie that takes place in a drive-in and not expect porn to happen. I'm sorry. Right. I just, like, I haven't seen a film. Now, he we asked, they asked Jeremy, who's just a dimwit, to please get the plate of the troublemaker, the peeping Tom guy. He's like, you finished with your meal? I'm supposed to get your plate. Now, Jeremy. Here he is in the blue hat. They'll keep cutting to him. He's the pervert. There he oh, is. So he's whacking it right now. I don't think so. No, he doesn't whack it until he gets right up close. He's trying to find who's going to be kissing. Oh, not this couple. You could tell well, he's. Yeah. Yeah. This is David and Lori. And. Lori wants David to just leave his wife already. And he's like, uh, it's not that easy. I got two beautiful kids or whatever. And then she'll reveal that she's pregnant. Uh, and trauma. then he'll go, okay, I'll leave my wife. I'll tell her tomorrow. But wait, is he gonna get is she gonna get killed, the, the pregnant lady? Yes. Yes. But we won't count that in a body count. Now no. the, the Lori, the pregnant lady, her name is Sandy Carey. She was in 85 B-movies, and Mike, every single movie revolves around sex. It's like sex summer camp girls. Oh, I love Sandy Gary. And Sandy Gary. Oh, was he a stewardess, a medical student? Uh, was he uh, her and her friends? Yeah. Look her up, man. Sandy Carey. It's like sorority with sisters with vaginas. It's night stewardess. Movie. They only fly it during the night. Right. Fly me to Miami. And then while we're I in can't, Miami, sir. It's daytime. Night stewardess. Now, he is one of those people who is only in two things. And guess what? He wrote the original story for CB Hustlers, 1976. Which I'm going to Amazon, put it on my Amazon watch list. Marty Gatsby is his name. God, I wish we had another fad where people go to the movie theater to see it, right? Like, yeah. you, 
Wordle the movie. Oh, I love Wordle. You know, it is kind of neat that there is a drive-in. You know, I if I ever become unemployed, maybe that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find some empty lot and make it a drive-in movie theater because I bet you that's a niche thing people will get into. Yeah. Oh, no, especially now during the pandemic, you know, uh, <clears throat> you take your kids to see Sing 2 and you win-win, right? You know, yes. you get, yeah. As a... Okay, now the the he's found his smooching people so now he can jerk off look how he's smiling uh is so, she giving him a handjob no they're just she's busy. in the position for it look she's got her hair yeah that's oh, true. look look carl I, her hands are accounted for. yeah not her left hand she has a wedding ring but that's the wrong hand no, she's not the one who's married. He is. Yes, right. Okay, Kong, so Kong. now he will approach the car so he can do a proper beat-off, as he refers to it later in the film. <laughs> That's the 70s term? Yeah. What's an improper beat-off? It's when you don't jerk off in public and then drive in. <laughs> yeah. Now she goes, listen, why don't we go someplace else? Because I hear two people got killed here last night. And that got me thinking, if two people were really killed in a movie theater, uh -huh. it would be shut down the next day. They would not have them. Like, think the, the the Batman movie, right? Where that guy shot everyone up. They closed the theater. They shut yeah. the lower respect. Hey, hey, good day there. It's he's, Crocodile Boner. He's acting... Acting. Act like you like it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Okay, now, Duck, you got it. I'm what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't you're jerking off. I, I am a method actor. I yeah, am right. <laughs> you're going to criticize my method. I look at his fake. Look acting. at his face. Oh, I love it. I, I love, love it. it. When they're going, I, I think they're getting the first base. Oh, God, I'm going to go. Now, the last couple got beheaded. This couple will get skewered. Oh, my God. Look at all that fucking... Oh, oh. Two in one. Two in one. Blood's coming Release out the of blood. mouth. A lot of blood pouring out of there. Now, does this count as her doing a sort of sex role? Because she was making out, and she's had an adulterous fair. There was some acting in it. There's a backstory. You know, she's in love but with I this mean, married she man. Was all her films are sex films, so I'm just saying, does this count? It's a horror film. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, no, of course it counts. She gets killed. That how more do you want? What more do you want? Yeah, she gets well making out. Okay, this guy is a police psychologist. It's this. He's been in 33 B movies, uh, and he's base. That's the captain, and he's got no role except. Warm up this coffee, damn it. That's what he says. Well, right. Um, he was Pretty known cold. for the erotic adventures of Robin Hood, Drive In Massacre, and the undercover scandals of Henry the Eighth. Would you see a movie that starts with the erotic adventures of? Yeah. I mean, well, no, no, I really wouldn't. But if it what was if it was Pinocchio? If it was Robin Hood, Hercules? <laughs> oh, actually, that's from The Simpsons, the erotic adventures of Hercules. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I know you know every episode I know every Sim of The Simpsons. Right, and then I tell a joke, and then I realize I'm just literally quoting The Simpsons. There's the cop shot. There's, 
Is that the murder weapon? Yes, and he's irresponsibly, you know, they already did the forensics on it, but he's still... Sure, and then they kept the theater open in case, case people yeah. need to walk over it. At he shows up again. This is so funny. So they never closed their theater. They're going... That's right. They're going through it now going, do you think it's Austin Johnson? He goes, I wish. That guy's an asshole. Do you think oh, it's... Oh, that's the line. Jeremy. Nah, Jeremy's too stupid. <laughs> do you think it's that creep? And he goes, well, I sure would like to interview that guy. Like, he's their suspect, right? It, it is the creep, right? Because he was jerking off, and then suddenly they got stabbed by a knife. Should I sword. spoil the film for you? It isn't him, huh? You want me to spoil oh. it? No, no, don't spoil it. I'm going okay. to get my Perot mustache. Here, let me wipe. Well, you, I asked all of you to come into this boat cabin on the Nile to tell you, because what of you are the murderer? Murderer! Oh, uh, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> uh, I you won't figure it out as Poirot. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. What okay, about so if I'm uh, Jessica Fletcher? Uh, no, this breaks the rules of whodunit movies. Keep me in suspense, Carl. Keep me in suspense. Are you I, anytime you want me to, I will spoil it for you. Anytime. Well, you it wouldn't be watch. just spoiling it for me. It would be spoiling it for the audience. Yeah, go ahead. If people are regular listeners to this show, they know uh -huh. that. Am I really spoiling? Were you really sitting on the edge of your seat to see who it is? Sometimes it's more entertaining. Yeah. Oh, all right. About what is to come. People watching our show are like, how can I kill two hours? <laughs> so go ahead. All right. Uh, well, can I make a guess then? I'm going to take okay. a, okay. a okay. stab in the dark in a parking lot. Uh, I'm going to say. It is Jeremy. Jeremy. You think it's Jeremy? My money's on now, Jeremy. He was a sword swallower. He yes. has access to the Van Housen collection Shit. of swords. It's not Jeremy. It's too obvious. It can't be Jeremy. Okay, hang on. It's Austin uh, Pendleton. Now, Austin also was a sword swallower. You Damn saw it. Austin was a bar. Damn it. He too would bark obvious. at the carnival. And right. Jeremy had some sort of accident we never learn about. And, really? Yes. And so Austin stopped being a barker for Van Housen and took over as the sword swallower. And here he's bragging about himself. Austin would never be as good as me. Van Housen said he was too focused on the ladies. It's so stupid. Oh, my God. So Austin is not our killer. We watched the trailer last week, and I know there's a circus in this movie because they're fucking talking about the circus. They do a flashback of what they call the carnival. But the thing is, we don't see any carnival animals. We don't see any sword swallowing or freak show. We don't see the geeks. We just see sort of like amusement park rides. Right. But these are amusement park rides from an actual carnival in town that they just yes. shot around. And they had no permit. They just went of to not. a carnival of yeah. and said, roll them. They had no permit. So everyone we see in there is like, as a extra in the drive-in <laughs> massacre, I should be having a good time. Yeah, you know, if I ever wanted to, like, get an acting, I needed a resume quick, I could put in stuff like this, like yeah. drive-in massacre extra at Carnival. Uh -huh. I don't even know. How did you get the role? I was at the Carnival. Yeah. Now, this was 76, so I was 10 years old. Right, that, that matches. Uh, in this interview, he makes a big deal about how he wants a lot of sugar in his coffee. 
He says he he has worked with the sword like the murder weapon before, but it's not part of the Van Heusen collection. Uh, he talks about how Austin took over his act. And, you know, don't you think it's suspicious that two sword handlers work where a sword kills? Yeah, it, it is suspicious. Four, we got a body count of four now. These cops are on it. But look, here's the good news, and this is the only reason this scene has any value. He's got the license plate of the creep. They know who he is now. The license plate. God, there's only like he knows Austin knows everybody. Not you again. Hey, right. you the yeah, twenty dollar bill guy. Right. He goes. They not don't know you again. Like, not How you can you again. say that to a customer, right? He goes, just give me the money. Just give me the money. <laughs> oh, at the dispensary, I'm sure. Now, I got this, called out. What do you think this location is, Van Van Ness? Van Ness. It's suburban, right? It's, it's Simi Valley still? Yes, Simi Hollywood, uh, Simi Valley, Hollywood, Simi Drive-Ins, San Fernando Valley, maybe this is, or yeah. Van Nuys. I don't know where this is. Look at these guys. God, these well, saying, are... Do you want to be good cop or bad cop? He goes, I don't care. He goes, all right, we'll flip a coin. I mentioned last house on the left. It's a really hard to watch horror movie from Wes Craven. His first, right? But they do the seventies things where it's you have horrific violence interspersed with comic relief cops, ineffectual <laughs> cops who literally had to ride a watermelon truck to get to the crime. Uh huh. And, and this is like they remind me of those guys, like the dumbass cops that are thrown into a grisly murder mystery. Uh, well, movie. the one on the right for us is the co-writer, and he is. BFF of Buck. Okay. He is like they're right. like best friends forever. Um, his name is John Goff, and he was prolific and uh he's a little underrated. He was in a lot of 70s grade B exploitation cinema, but he okay, he was in the Buddy Hollywoods the Buddy Holly story with Gary Busey. Yeah. He was a Nashville music producer who gets punched in the mouth. Oh, he wasn't Gary Busey standing. He's right. He was uh, in John Carpenter's The Fog, the spooky Ooh. film. He was a fisherman who dies. Do you remember Roddy Rowdy Piper was in They Live? Sure, I remember that movie. Very interesting film. He was um, an arrogant alien at the newsstand. Nice. Game he's been in L.A. Guy. Law and Dukes of Hazard. He, but he looks like Dukes of Hazard, doesn't he? Yes, he looks perfect for Dukes of Hazard. Okay, with Buck Flower. He collaborated on these scripts, Death Falls, In Search of a Golden Sky, Joyride to Nowhere, Teenage Seductress, Drive-In Massacre. Yes. And he co-wrote with Matt Clymer, Fake Out. Oh, which we've seen with yes. That's the Pia Zadora film. And Bud Flower was in it. That's right, of course. Bud Flower was also in that one with Hasselhoff, uh, Somebody and the Bean. Right. No, it was Fake Out. No, it was a uh, bailout. 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 That's right. maybe that was the PS is a PS was fake out. Fake out. Bailout had another woman. Takeout? That sounds oh, good. Oh, takeout. Oh, that must yeah. I must be thinking of takeout. <laughs> um so with Matt Clymer, he co-wrote Fake Out Butterfly, A Time to Die, and Miriam Hundra. I don't know. This guy was all over B films and he and Butt Flap Butt Flap you know they would wake up in the morning and go, What do you want to do today, buddy? 
Oh, let's make a film. Let's write something. Okay. Right. We're in Hollywood and we're aspiring filmmakers. Let's make a film. All right. So he stabs him and the head comes off. Let's do it and go. We need a production designer. My daughter. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Hey, I was just shooting a movie swap meet and I have a great idea. <laughs> you know, it's also at night they're driving. We watched Swap Meet, Rock which meet. is basically a drive-in theater. There was another movie set in a drive-in theater, right? Because during the day, they used that as a swap meet. Yeah, and which is really a flea market, as we would call it on the East Coast. I yeah. guess it was... There's, there's a flea market today uh, down the street here in Los Angeles uh, uh -huh. at the Fairfax Senior I, uh, High School. I can head over there. So um, what we're hearing is... He's at the theater all the time, and he was parked next to the murderer. So they're searching his house for swords. <laughs> now, there's a part that maybe you should hear it. It's He goes, what happened to that girl? And the cop goes, she's in pretty bad shape. She was murdered with a sword. It's so dumb. Well, you know, no, that's what cops do. They go into your apartment and they go, hey, some pretty interesting books over there. Yeah. yeah. What's this uh, one about murder with swords? Oh, uh, no, I, that was a gift. I, 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 I... Uh, that's my diary. I mean, I, I don't know what that's doing there. That's not a book. It's my diary, asshole. Cop fucking knows everything. He goes, what are your hobbies? He goes, I go to the drive-in a lot. He goes, that's a hobby? Yeah, seriously. Watching movies is not a hobby, unfortunately. Is that depressing what we do as a hobby? <laughs> <laughs> My hobby is comedy. That's pretty depressing. That's though. depressing, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I hate that. Oh, job. I'm not a professional. I mean, I'm a, I get paid, but you know what I mean. It's not a professional. Well, I get to the point where people will I'll say I'm a comedian. They go, it's great to have a hobby. And I go, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you. Okay, I don't have the fight of me. Now. God. Was he looking for? Sorry. Hey, I, I found some hustlers, but the penthouse was ripped. The, the centerfold was ripped out. Yeah, yeah. I taped it on my wall, buddy. Let's hear, let's hear. Oh, shit. He was murdered with a sword. Well, that's got kind of any sword. You sure about it? She was murdered by a sword. I don't have any sword. We might have missed anything strange. Here's going to say it now. Me. Is there anything strange? Mr. Just Nielsen, me. My partner thinks you murdered those people. Did you? No. All right, we it passed. But oh, no, I heard of the beating off. Hey, Carl, I'm gonna, as a seventy cigarette smoker. Where can I keep my pack of cigarettes and a Lucy? Roll it up. And then put it in one in your ear, like this. Guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. he's got it in the ear, and he rolled it up. Does well, the smoke? rolling up is very fifties. Right, because you just where are you gonna put your smokes? Look at the look. I just remember I was posters. watching that bad cut. Now that I see a good cut, he's got girls' tits on the wall. I know there's like a tick count I'm doing right now. There's like, but also like Why I think do that. 
because the seventies, man, like you come home and you're like, well, you gotta, it's tough bringing home women to your place. They don't when really it's like filled you, with, yeah, yeah you're not going to have a living girlfriend. No one wants to take that in the pictures. He's a truck driver. He's in a pretty good house. Okay. So they're not, now they're like, let's see your car. So they go out to the car and what they're going to find is a bloody rag. So right now he's faking it. Oh, he does have his cigarettes. You're right. Uh, yes. He's, he's faking it for the neighbors going, thanks for dropping by friends. You wanted to see my car? <laughs> oh, then they're going to find the blood in there. That escalated Yeah, they're going to find a bloody rag, and he's going to run away. Now, in the end, it'll be a dog's blood. He hit a dog by mistake, and I don't know, brought him to the vet or something. He did. He did bring him to the vet. That dog was Lassie. He never worked in this town again. <laughs> but why run away? Oh, yeah, did the dog die? The do they just referred to a dead dog. It wouldn't be on that website, right? I, uh, I disagree. Now they're chasing him, and it's dumb he runs away because he has his story. Now, Buck Flowers' friend hustles after him, but the other cop is like, fuck that, I'm taking the car. Yeah. Look how he's out of breath. Okay, Drive-In Massacre, 1976. According to DoesTheDogDie.com, yes. does the dog die? There's never a dog seen on screen. However, there's a character being investigated by right. the police who finds some blood on his car. He says yeah. it was a dog that he had hit, but it turns out to be true via tested. It's not mentioned, Carl, if the dog died. And there is a comment on this. But... The here, the here, they catch him, and he admits about the dog. Now, but but they are saying the dog died because. Okay. So. Yeah, but also yeah. according to the site, there's no dead animals on screen. Right. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they will. Does the dog die? Isn't always about if the. Oh, it's 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 to see if there's uh, triggering uh, situations like maybe. Oh, the, and there wasn't. Being... There was a blanket. Well, there's according to it, there's a woman. There's people being stalked. Are, are people being stalked? Yes, but it, now, it's here good. We like are at the drive-in, can you uh -huh. guess what that means? Uh, they're going to show drive-in massacre two. Somebody's going to die. That's all that means. Hmm. This is not good for this for Austin's concessions, right? Like one death oh, means one less Seaburger well, being sold. Guess what? Business is booming. Seriously, everybody. He says since the murders, business is booming. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh no, that's so wrong. What a terrible guy for the. He's like the worst guy the community could have. <laughs> hey, I'm going to open up a community theater. Business is booming. People are dying to get in. <laughs> no, really, <laughs> people are it was, dying uh, once they're in. Yeah. Okay. Now we're about to see. I guess Buck Flowers, the most successful person in this film, which is pretty bad. But we're about to see the second most successful guy. His name is John Alderman, and he's playing Jim. And he was all over TV. His the film stuff is is. Uh, it happens. Let me when just it happens. go through it. He was in a lot, a lot, a lot of B films like 
The Black Godfather, 74. Delinquent Schoolgirl, 75. A lot of stuff. Films I still want to see. Of course I want to see Black Godfather. It's number one on my list. In the 70s, in the 60s, he was in softcore porn. And in the 80s, he was in hardcore porn. What, in the background? This guy? Yeah, Jim on the right. Um, oh. On TV, he was in Hunter Dynasty, The Fall Guy, Starsky and Hutch. He was for real. Uh, but he was also a porn actor? Yes, in the 80s. A guy, so he did. He went from Starsky and Hutch to Starsky right. and, and Clutch. Well, he was in Escape from the Planet of the Apes, and he was in The Stuntman in 1980. Wow. He's got 103 actor credits, one director, two writers. Huh. He dies at 52, and the yeah. internet says, of an apparent heart attack. Oh. What does, what does it mean? Like he was doing cocaine and... It, well, it could have been his... Maybe his kidney had an attack. Okay. Maybe it was in his heart. Apparent heart attack. Yeah. In Hollywood, California in 87, only 52 years old. Now, Jim's date here, his name is Kathy, and she was only in Drive-In Massacre, and can you guess? Yes, CB Hustlers. CB Hustlers. God, that's my next film. I'm going to watch it after this. No, they never say her. Okay, you got to listen to this dialogue. They're on stakeout looking for the creep, and and Goff, up oh, here we have a Oh, going to get a cigarette. Goff is dressed up as a lady. Now, he's wearing the same clothes he wore in the beginning shot. Because we know he has more than one jacket. Uh, I think, yeah. he's and, and, and the same cross, turtleneck. He's just talking to himself. Now, Jim's date, Kathy, wants to watch the film. And Jim is really inappropriately yeah. not listening to her but she will kiss him back and stuff and kind of grope him back saying i want to watch the film i really want to watch the film so it's mixed signals but jim will get frustrated and leave look him well, like by, see that by the neck yeah 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 now, this is one of the times in which you would be, like, triggered. Look at this pig. And I'd say he's not a pig, but he is. He is. He totally is. No, my problem is that <clears throat> there's so many decades of film and that I want to see all these movies. And then when I actually watch it, it's, like, the attitudes of, like, sexual harassment. Yeah. It's different in 1977. And, or, you know, they're making a movie, an explo exploitative movie. So the rules are different for them. They, they yes. want to do it this way. So. It's hard for me to say, like, oh, I can't wait to see CB truckers, <laughs> knowing damn well there's going to be, like, you know, a truck stop assault or something. Now, remember I said she plays along, you know, even though she's yes. resisting? She does all the way into her blouse coming undone. You know, she really allows him to, you know, see, he's unbuttoning her. And he's going, Jim, Jim, I want to watch the film, Jim. All right, touch my boobs, but I want to watch the film. Now, you look, sound like this guy. Why is that, Creep back? Creep, it sounds like you, your notes and Creep's notes are probably the same. And then she doesn't want to watch the movie. But he, but she has <laughs> the Look. Yeah, I'm looking. Now, she was a one-tit wonder. Well. She, she oh. was a one-tit wonder. 
Yeah, I'm keeping count. So this whoa, is whoa. Now Are you they... got to hear their dialogue. I know you don't like to keep the sound up, but they have that look. He goes, "Kiss me." He sees us. He... I don't need more of that. So wait a minute. The, he dresses up as a lady. Give him a listen. You don't want anything more to do with me. Can't be bad breath. Can't. Okay. We kind of missed it, but it was really funny dialogue. He's like, you know, we're married one night and already you want nothing to do with me. Like stuff like that. It's the only good thing of the film, that that scene in which he's in dress. Also, Austin will come up and go, you cop again. And he'll go, oh, excuse me, ma'am. And Oh, well, that's classic. Right? So they fooled one person, Austin. Right. And then later in the film, Austin will say, and who was that ugly broad we were with? And he would look at the cop and he goes, do you have a sister? It was pretty funny. Why can't they just, why do they have to dress up? Do, if we went to a drive-in, do I have to dress up as a lady uh, just because that's the way of the rule? They're on a stakeout, and they Jeremy just Lyle. were at the creep's house as cops, so maybe that's why. Ooh, Jeremy will help you. Jeremy, very good. Well, Jeremy they're has... Jeremy right now. They're saying, like, we got it under control, Jeremy. You can go. And he goes, well, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> now, here's where Austin will say, oh, excuse me, ma'am. It's really funny. Why, why does he dress like that? It's a part of the job, Jeremy. Here we go. It's really kind of a nice dress. What the hell are you doing up here bothering people? You've got work to do and you don't do it. I'm You think the cops paid for their ticket? He, the, yeah, they did pay. They make that clear. Oh, well, they're cops. They don't have to. Yeah. Wow, so postmodern. We're in the audience watching the audience. But they're in cars, the audience. Right. We are not in cars. That would make a difference. Okay. Hey, uh, pandemic drive-in comedy show. <laughs> My name is Carl, and I'm going to perform a musical number. Honk, 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 honk. To make Listen, a drive-in is very, um, that's very intriguing to me, to have a drive-in. Uh, I think that might be, people might go to that just as a novelty, you know? Yeah, well, no, I mean, the last two years, it, they were booming because there's a, one way you can socially go out and see a movie is to separate yourself from in a car, you know, with everyone else. Well, I think you're right, and but I, that ship has sailed. You know, I think that this is still stay open. I mean, this is still like maybe America has tasted drive-ins theater due to the pandemic, and then they they can't resist that taste. They wanted more. <laughs> now, imagine if this drive-in, like I got. Um, it was only about being a drive-in, so therefore I had, like, um, movies in the public domain even, you know? Well, the great thing about a drive-in is that you can show, like, a titty film on the screen and just know that kids are are in the back seat while the parents <laughs> are driving by the drive-in on the freeway or on the highway. Yeah, I've been there. As a kid, I've seen 
boobs on yeah yeah me too. Past the screen yeah yeah and you're like what okay now jim is frustrated he huffed off he gets back into the car and he turns over now watch how she is decapitated her head just oh, rolls no. right off and he goes my god oh no my god that looked awesome by the way that's well, like 30 grand well spent so now oh. our body count is five my girlfriend gave me head. <laughs> so they're right. like, okay, go get the creep. He did it. But now our body count is six. Well, that's, I'm going to have to cross him off my suspect list. Look at his dress with his gun. My God, how did they do it? Like not breathe? Like he really looks like he's dead. You can <laughs> see it like this. <laughs> Maybe it's a still. Yeah, but it has to be. The guy's breathing like. Okay, crazy. so now. We are at a body count of six, and they're like, you got to close the theater, and he's refusing. But he's really, he's like, you used to be a sword swallower at the carnival, and we didn't find that out from you. What are you hiding, Austin? He goes, I never gave a shit about the sword swallowing. I was a barker. I got a promotion. Now Jeremy fucks up his sandwich, so he's really pissed. Great God. Why is Jeremy getting Why is Jeremy getting cop sandwiches? Oh, and the suspect, too. He goes, mayonnaise and mustard? I can't eat this crap. Seriously, man. That's, that's fa-paw. Now, his big complaint is they hauled down to the station everyone who works for them, and they let them all go except for him, the manager. So he's like, these wangbangers are ripping me off, and I'm stuck here. <laughs> Look at well, his turtleneck is a different color. His right. jacket is a different color. It's still the same. Same style. They, they, the cops need him there because they need a couch. They need him just to lie down. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't even think like used clothing store has those jackets anymore. No, you would have to. Upstairs in my son's closet, I have one of those blazers as me, as like a four-year-old, five-year-old. Ah. You know? And it's got the, um, when you see it, you'll be like, oh, my God, that's so the, of the day. I mean, imagine that. Little kids would even be wearing a blazer. Right. Well, you know, this is one of those 70s movies where people still dress up, you know. Yeah. They, they wear suits or, you know, even Jeremy has a style, I guess. What kind of hat is that, though? Like, that was really sold in stores, the, the, the Chico hat? Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, sure, in Italy, right? I mean, you can't sell peanuts in the street without that. <laughs> but, I mean, it was common, and in, in, no. nobody said, yeah, wear that stupid hat. You just no, he had a stupid hat. hat. I have to manage my business. Close the drive-in. No way. You no idiots way. three cars away from the murder, and it, this is incompetence. I got away from the murder. This is 1977 and Star Wars is coming out and I want to show it at my drive-in. That's right. Can you imagine? What movie did you watch in 1977? Oh, Drive-In Massacre. You idiot. You love the story of like you're at the theater and you're looking at the posters and it's Star Wars and it's and you're like, let's go see, you know, Swami. Let's go go see Swami. Yeah. Well, that's another thing too. Like you say. Wrong choice. This movie is cheap and like on fast. Yes, but it was also the same year that Star Wars came out. So we were capable of making better movies that year. It wasn't like. Oh, no, yeah. this is all Stu's fault. No, they 
The Stu Seagal Stu. made, yeah. I got to tell Katie, like, your husband really fucked this film up. The internet tries to claim that this was based on Targets. Now, did you and I see Targets? Seen, we haven't seen it together, but Targets I'm familiar with. It's a really I good movie. I saw it too, yeah. It was a really good movie, and I doubt. Okay, here's the flashback, and this oh, good. is my cameo at 10 years old. I'm in the crowd. Yeah, there right. I am. See, I'm shooting. San Francisco Food Bank. Why did the different races fight? I mean, if, if we're the same in the good Lord's sight.
Close your eyes. Make a wish. Now count to three. Come with me. And you will be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you will see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin traveling in a world of my creation. Explanation If you want to view paradise Simply look around and view it Anything you want to do, do it If you want to change the world There's nothing to it There is no life I know decided on a song that we would do as a salute to Broadway. So we selected this song from a young composer that was fast becoming one of Broadway's artists. To compare with pure imagination, you can be free if you truly in our society today that the most important signing of a man's life takes place when he signs his marriage license. Well, they've added something to that. Now it's called the application for charge card to ensure that marriage license will hold up one sign. You know what I'm talking about, fellas? Charge card designed to keep one's pockets free of finance. You know, you know, sometimes, fellas, at the end of the month, if you're married and you want to check on your budget and see how you're doing at Thank home. You. Budget around the house, and you find something that looks a little weird. You said, darling, what is this? And she said, well, it was on sale. And I had my charge card, you know? But then from time to time, fellas, we'll fall victims of circumstances as well, because 
We might be walking down the street, see a good-looking pair of shoes in the store window, and say, hey, I think I'll go ahead and cop now and pay later, right? Take the charge card, go in, buy the shoes. Then when the bill comes due at the end of the month, you want to kick yourself in the whistle name with that same pair of shoes, buddy. Thank you. All right. Hey. When do you say? When do you say? Look wiser whenever the moment is right for a great day. After the work is done, while you still haven't fun, any time the right time to say. When you say Bud wiser, you have said it all. <laughs> all right. Little pause for the call.
people say, oh, let's do people this. Say your, people 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 say Now the black girl wants to get a lip tuck. She says, Doc, I want my slim lips, I want my slim figure. The white girl says my hips are not big enough. And yo, Doc, inject the collagen to make my lip bigger. All of these so-called celebrities are selling millions of records and claiming no responsibility. A young girl sees you on a TV show. She's only six, says, Mama, I don't like my nose. So why'd you have to go and mess up the child's head? So you can get another gold water bed? Contact wearing like will suck your carnival exhibit. Listen to my rhyme, you need to hear it. Don't be 